When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Progressive presents Adjusting to the Suburbs. You just bought a home in the suburbs, but no one told you about all the birds, specifically this one, who seems to be calling out Roy. Roy. But who exactly is Roy? And why doesn't he ever respond? Maybe Roy is just bird speak for save with Progressive by bundling your home and auto. I guess until Roy answers, we'll never know. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company coverage provided in service by affiliates and third-party insurers. Right now, you can get free carpet installation from The Home Depot. So while we're putting in your new carpet, you'll have more time to take care of the lawn. Get started on dinner. Or just lay down and relax on your new carpet after it's installed. Ah. Get your free carpet installation started with The Home Depot. How doers get more done. Minimum purchase of $4.99. Exclusions apply. U.S. only. See store for details. Hey, it's Mistress Carrie reporting for duty from MCHQ for episode 117 of the Mistress Carrie podcast. And before we get to this week's guest, Michael Antunes, otherwise known as Just Tunes from John Cafferty and the Beaver Brown Band, I wanted to give you some details on the Nick Mason Saucer Full of Secrets tour. There are two shows coming up in New England, including the kickoff on September 22nd at the Schubert Theater in Boston. And on September 25th at the Providence Performing Arts Center in Providence, Rhode Island. And the Mistress Carrie podcast and Pantheon podcasts are giving away an exclusive VIP experience to see Nick Mason's Saucer Full of Secrets. You can enter to get front row seat upgrades. Head to pantheonpodcast.com slash Nick Mason to enter. You can find the link in the show notes of this episode. You could win a front row pair of tickets to see the show a commemorative guitar pick-shaped necklace carved down from drum cymbals that were played by Nick Mason himself, plus a selection of curated exclusive VIP merchandise, a commemorative VIP laminate and lanyard, crowd-free merch shopping at the venue, on-site perks like priority check-in, VIP express lane into the venue for ease of entry, and a dedicated customer service line. You can enter right now at pantheonpodcast.com backslash Nick Mason. Okay, I'm super excited about this week's guest, Michael Antunes, otherwise known as one of the most badass saxophone players in rock and roll history. Tunes has been a member of John Cafferty and the Beaver Brown Band for a very long time. And you probably saw Toon's performance of the character Wendell in Eddie and the Cruisers. Well, the now 82-year-old saxophone legend is still playing with John Cafferty and the Beaver Brown Band. And they've got a charity show coming up at Kowloon on September 24th called Rockin' for Vets. It's a benefit concert of veterans raising money for St. Jude. Toons and I talked about his musical journey, his military service, the lineage of his amazing family, his absolute love of the saxophone, his songwriting process, his book of original poetry, 
and so much more. Michael Antunes is a legend, and I am so excited that he agreed to come on the show. So allow me to introduce you to Michael Antunes, otherwise known as Tunes, from John Cafferty and the Beaver Brown Band. Hey, what's up? This is Sully from Godsmack. Strap on those boots, baby, because you are now in the trenches of the war room with the one and only Mistress Carrie right here on the Mistress Carrie podcast. What's up? This is Joe Rogan, and you're listening to Mistress Carrie. The hair is so lovely. Hey, this is Brent from Shinedown. You're listening to Mistress Carrie. Hey, Carrie, go put your brow on, girl. Hey, this is Steven Tyler, and you'll be listening to the baddest bitch in Boston, Mistress Carrie. What's up? This is Aaron from Stain, and you're listening to Mistress Carrie. Hi, everybody. This is Dave Grohl from the Foo Fighters, and you're listening to the one, the only, Mistress Carrie. Hey, this is David from the band Disturbed, and you're listening to the baddest bitch in Boston, Mistress Carrie. Hi, Bruce Dickinson here from Iron Maiden. Yes, indeed. Miss Whiplash herself, Mrs. Carrie is here to um, unchain your brain. Hi, this is Flea from the Red Hot Chili Peppers. You're listening to Mistress Carrie. This is Dennis Leary. You are listening to my favorite, Mistress Carrie. Hey, this is Corey from Stone Sour, and you're listening to, you have the privilege of listening to Mistress Carrie. Oh, God. Oh, yeah. Tunes, thank you so much for coming on the show today. Oh, thank you, Carrie. Thank you very much. I appreciate being on, and uh, it's for a good cause. The veterans who have served this country forever. You are a legend in rock and roll, and especially because New England gets to call you their own. It's pretty amazing. John Cafferty and the Beaver Brown Band, come on, rock and roll icons. I'm a Bay Stater, you know. I was born in Massachusetts. Were you really? Where were you born? Yes, I was born in the town of Dauntless. Wow. Yep. That's what my kid said. Wow. How long ago, Dad? <laughs> yeah. Two days before dirt and one before water. You have a massive family. You've got a giant family. You and your wife have built a legacy. It's amazing. I have 11 children, six sons, five daughters. I've got 24 grandchildren, 23 great-grandchildren, and one great-great-granddaughter who's almost two. Oh, my gosh. And those are the ones I know about. <laughs> oh, no, you're not supposed to say that on the air. <laughs> well, but, wait, how old are you? Can, I, can a woman ask a guy how old he is? Because you guys aren't supposed to ask us how old we are. Only if you take me out to lunch. I'll take you out to lunch. Where do you want to go? <laughs> well, we'll go McDonald's or Wendy's. <laughs> <laughs> I'm a cheap date. <laughs> no, I um, I have a, a large family, and my kids and my grandkids, and now my great-great-grandson, who's been married now three and a half years, I think it is, have uh, married across 10, 11 different nationalities. That is amazing. You've seen a lot in your, it's eight, are you 82? I'm trying to do the math. Yes, I am. I was born in 1940. Wow. And I play in a rock and roll band. And they always say, so tunes, uh, what they're yelling at me, you know, when are you retiring, man? And I turn and I look at him, a serious face. I came here to kick your ass. Yeah, you did. (laughs) It's it's probably and the it's rock so and roll funny. that's keeping you young. 
Well, it's what you think in your head and what you hold in your heart more than that. You know, I've been blessed with, you know, like you, everybody likes to say, because everybody's so into DNA and all that. And uh, I'm of uh, Cape Verdean heritage. My grandparents came to this country in 1904, 1905, and I'm a second generation born here. Wow. My mom and dad were were born here. And so that being said, uh, my grandmother used to say in Cape Verdean, and I still speak the language, we are a race of people of sweet blood. Yeah, you are. And so... That being said, we are who we are. And, you know, a lot of people, I'll talk to people, and uh, I said, I can point to anywhere in this room, and you could be part of my family. Because it, I always have to go regional when I say it, you know, uh, Haitian, Puerto Rican, Panamanian, um, Filipino, African-American. Then I have to go to the other side of Europe, uh, Greek, Italian, French, Portuguese. Um, English, Irish, uh, and Norwegian. So, All of my nationalities are in there, so you and I are probably related. Yeah, <laughs> distant cousins. <laughs> well, when I found out I was going to talk to you, I had so many questions because, like I said, you're a legend, and you're also the first person I've been able to have on the show that played a reed instrument because I played the clarinet growing up, and there is no heavy metal clarinet players. So no. I'm glad I got a sax player on the show. So you've heard me play then. Are you kidding? With you know, like you mentioned Ernie and the automatics. And, yeah, I and saw you Brown. I saw you play <laughs> with Ernie and the Automatics live, and then obviously I've listened to John Cafferty and the Beaver Brown band, and I saw you in the movie, Eddie and the Cruisers. Well, now we're celebrating 41 years uh, this weekend down at Summers Point where we had filmed the club, the nightclub scene and the beach scenes. And we're having that uh, this Friday at around 6 o'clock down in Summers Point, uh, New Jersey. And like I said, Wednesday, we're doing the Boardwalk Summer Series in Atlantic City. And then after the show Friday night, we're doing a second show for Sly Stallone and his brother Frank at the Hard Rock. Wow. So that's, that's going to be cool meeting him. Because we had uh, off our second album, um, no, our first album, Tough All Over, uh, Voice of America's Sons, uh, which was used as a theme song for Stallone's movie, Cobra. That's right. Yeah. And then uh, John sang on Hot on Fire on uh, the Rocky Four album, which was certified platinum or double platinum or something back in the day. And you've never gotten so, to meet Sly before? This is going to be the first time? No, he's been too sly. He's pushed away. <laughs> <laughs> does so it, I'm going to meet but, Go ahead. Does it surprise <laughs> you that all these years later, people still love that movie the way they do? Well, it became a cult movie when it went on uh, HBO. And uh, that was June of 84. And couple that with MTV was brand new. So the movie exploded on HBO in June of 84. By September, it went, it was certified gold. And before the end of the year, sometime late November, December of that, of 84, it went platinum. 
And then it went double platinum by February or March or something. And it became a cult movie as, as, as it is still today, which is uh, remarkable. I don't know any other movie that's been able to do that, uh, especially about rock and roll. Yeah. So, <clears throat> excuse me. Oh, somebody's calling. That's all right. I'll wait. <laughs> so uh, that being said, you know, I'm also now a published poet. Are you really? I just, yes. I just published a, a book of 47 poems, and I have an acronym called B-O-T, Book of Tales, Book of Truth, Book of Tunes. And there's 47 poems in there of a varied uh, thing. And... Uh, inspirational, spiritual, patriotic. And I'd like to read one to you It's because it goes with why I'm on the radio with you. And I call this Bets on Bets. They answered the call. I can't walk, but I can talk. And we're here asking you to help us out. When we went to wherever we were sent and carried our flag, we all went in high spirits and we didn't lag. Some gave up their lives while others lost parts of their lives. We came and we fought some we won and some we lost, but we did our duty, whatever the cost. Now that we can't pay, I'm sure you can all hear us say, just help us out. That's what it's about. You've got your life, but we need ours too. And all it takes is you, you, and you. God bless America. I love that, especially as the proud wife of an active duty Marine. I think that is beautiful. So your husband's serving the Marines, huh? He is right now. Ab- yeah, he's go, he's been hey, in 25 I years. I will. <laughs> <laughs> oh man! I'm well, you've got that. you've got Marines in the family, right? Yes, my my grandson uh, Michael the uh, Third is uh, was a grunt also. And uh, see, I'm Michael one. Michael two was our first Marine. Michael three. He uh, served two tours in Afghanistan and Baghdad. And uh, his son, Michael IV, is just turned 14, and we don't know what he's going to do. <laughs> I love the fact that know, they've carried <laughs> on the name. I think that's awesome. Uh, they're, they're, like I said, they're unique uh, people, really unique people. I mean, they're my sons and my daughters and stuff. And my one daughter, uh, uh my granddaughter, excuse me, she served uh, almost 12 years in the U.S. Navy. Wow. So that, that's always. So in our family, it's either music, there's military, and there's police officers. Yeah. So the police guys, the, all the police guys in the family, my sons and my grandson is a state trooper here in Mass, and my nephew is a police officer, a Boston Harbor Patrol, another one in Westfield, Mass. And so they would always say to us, hey, you mess up in music, we're going to arrest your ass. (laughs) (laughs) So you better get it right. (laughs) Your family and my family is very similar that way, except we didn't get any musicians. I don't have anyone that I know of that has musical ability. Like my time in the high school band playing the clarinet was about as far as anybody got. And I'm I'm envious of that. No, don't be. You're gonna have listeners. If you don't have listeners, we're just playing. You know. <laughs> so, can you talk so, about the musical history in your family? Like, like who who did you get it from? My grandfather. My father's father was in his generation the older 
guys and women would come to me when I started out playing 15 years old. Uh, I started when I was 13, but I was playing in clubs when I was 15, 16. I was playing keyboard music, and I was playing rock and roll because that's when rock and roll started, around 1953, 54. And... Uh, they would always say, if you wanted to know music, go see Jack. And Jack was my grandfather, my father's dad. And my dad was a guitar player, bass player. And in the last seven, eight years, he was a Hammond organ player. My brother, my oldest brother was an upright bass player with the second U.S. Army for two tours. He was in for about 16 years. And uh, he had a standing uh, invitation for audition with the Duke Ellison Orchestra back in the day. My brother David was a guitar player and bass player, God rest his soul, and my kid brother was a drummer. And my 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 mother didn't play anything. She didn't sing. So my father said, well, sit at the door and, and uh, collect the money. And my mother <laughs> would always get, she would always get put off with that, you know. <laughs> and, uh, but uh, my son, uh, Derek, is a drummer and Kevin is a keyboard player. They were the uh, original drummer keyboard player for New Kids on the Block. Wow. And, and then they put the Marky Mark Funky Bunch band together and brought my godchild in, Troy, to play bass. So the drums, the bass, and the keyboards were the, all in tune. And I have others. Uh, my son Matthew is a guitar, drummer, vocalist. And he's a drummer with Tavares. And currently he's in the, one of the biggest wedding bands, Clockwork. He's, he plays, you never know what he's going to play because he shows up, he, he's either guitar or drums. And that's how, how good these kids are. Was it always and, the uh, sax for you? Yes. I remember seeing the sax when I was like seven years old. Uh, this man, Gussie Gonsalves, a friend of my father's, uh, came by the house because they were gathering to go to a show to go do it. And uh, I asked him what was in the case. He opened it up and I said, oh my God, what is it? It looked like a king's chest, you know, all gold looking and stuff. And I asked him if he could play it. He took it out. He played it. And the sound that he had on his horn just engulfed me. And I was uh, enamored. I fell in love with the sound of it. I always wanted to play saxophone and my father couldn't afford a saxophone nobody plays saxophone in our family i was the first one but i didn't get one until i was 13 in the eighth grade and uh my grandmother lived across the street and she saw i said uh, at dinner i said i don't want to play horn i want to play horn you're all my grandma said oh there's a horn upstairs in the attic i said what and i excused myself from the table i went across here i came back about 10 15 minutes later i said that's not a horn that's a trumpet and my grandmother said, you're at the horn, you play it. And back then, you never said no to your grandmother, you know. And so I played trumpet from the time I was seven until I was 13. And I got it in June of uh, 1954. Mr. Robotar, who was the town's music director, called me down into the music room. And they were, oh, Mickey, you're in trouble now, boy. Mr. Robotar was calling you on the... So I go down there, and he's talking, and he's was very dapper always, you know, suit and vest and tie. And, and he says, uh, I see you're touching all the, these girls and these other saxophones. You know, uh, you can't afford to, to repair it if it got broken and everything. So keep your hands off them, okay? And I'm like, oh, my God. And he had a case in front of him. 
And I'm saying, oh, no, he's got a better trumpet for me to play. So I stopped making all those wrong notes. And he slowly turned it around, and he said, and he opened it, i never forget him, God bless his soul. He says, if you're not playing this for the Christmas show, do not ever touch it again. And it was an alto saxophone. Wow. And I ran home because we, I lived less than a mile from the school. Where, and uh, I'm all over there, making all this stuff. And my father came home around 5.30 and he bangs on the, on the wall. He said, what is that? It don't sound like no trumpet to me. I come run down. He says, and his first question, you know, this is, you're going to figure this is like 1954. Where'd you get that? Mr. Robitaille gave it to me. Gave it to you? He says, yeah. He says, go learn and play it. And he walked away. We had dinner. And a couple of days later, he says, get in the car and bring that saxophone with you. And we rode for about 20 minutes into the city. And he went to this man who became my teacher, Mr. Johnny Mello. And I took lessons for a year and a half. And uh, my father finally got me a tenor. Because that's what I wanted was a tenor because of the sound. And the altar was high, you know, but the, the tenor hits you right in the heart. And uh, so he, I, he says, uh, you got ears? And I says, yeah. And I go like he's flashing in the head. No. He says, what I mean is if you can hear it, you can play it. And that's what I've been doing the rest of my life. And he said, always play from the heart. You don't, you don't, you can't miss. So you're one of those gifted people that can hear something and play it. No, my kids, not me. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm serious. My son, Kevin, he's currently right now uh, Madonna's musical director. Wow. Right? Self-taught. Derek, who was the drummer for New Kids, self-taught. He also plays keyboard and guitar. Matthew, guitar singer, my youngest, self-taught. They hear stuff. Uh, it's an uncanny they re- remember not only the the audio, but they remember the lyrics. And I said, how do you do this? He said, well, well just do it, you know. Uh, and, and that's the they just shrug it off. I said, gee. Because I texted one of them one time, Kevin, and it was a song I wrote called Summer's Gone. And this is early Beaver Brown days. And I said, uh, yeah, I want to go over that song, Summer's Gone. He started singing it and the lyrics. I said, how the hell do you remember that? The last time you heard something with this song was going to be 25, 30 years ago. And they've been gifted with that that audio and uh, visual thing of remembering stuff. And it's amazing. Amazing. And there's a lot of other kids like this. It's just they, they've got to be nurtured, mentored, and uh, brought into the fold, so to speak. Not to feel like, you know, playing music is, oh, that's just for the... the, the, the. No. Music is that river of life that we all float on. And somebody has to be the rudder or the bow to take you where you want to go. It doesn't matter if you're a physician or a surgeon or whatever you are in your life. People turn and they turn on the radio. For whatever music they want to listen to, it quells them. It, 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 it heals them. It allows them to unclutter their brain about what they're doing. And it's a phenomenal thing that we as musicians have an ability or an opportunity to come out and address an audience who have been working 40, 60 hours and give them a couple of hours 
to relieve their brain so they can go back Monday morning with gusto, with a desire to be who they want to be. And that is an honor. I do a lot of interviews with musicians, and a lot of them are with guitar players, and they talk about having a signature tone. And you're the first person that I've been able to talk to about having a signature tone playing the saxophone and to be able to ask you the same question, where do you think your tone comes from? It comes from in me, number one. And uh, the mouthpiece that I have, I've had since I was 16 years old. I modified it twice uh, quite a few years ago. And I just, like I say, I, I leave no stone unturned. I come out, I go for it. And the tone comes from, I tell uh, other sax players, I says, use this as some type of a barometer, okay? Think about your emotions, happy, sad, uh, stupid, funny, uh, excited, or uh, uh, you're surprised, and put those kind of emotions into your sound into your, and, and live it and feel it while you're doing it. That's what you got to do if you want to get your signature song. Because as you know, you could sit and listen to a lot of guitars, and it's hard to differentiate between because of the amp or the pedal that they're using, and this pedal, that pedal, and everything else. And their fingers are hitting metal going into an amplifier and come out. With me, it's coming right out of the bell of my horn from my mouth. So I have a lot of opportunity to shape a note, either to surprise you, soothe you, excite you, make you feel sad, make you feel, you know what I mean? So, and how I move myself and how I move my lip on that reed makes a big difference. And I use a very, I use a number five reed, which is a hard reed. And I've been using them since fives were available and, it just allowed me because I, when I blow, I blow very hard. You've seen me play. I have, and and you heard me play Boston songs. Yes, <laughs> you know what I mean. And there's no saxophone in Boston songs, and people go like, "What? Are you kidding me? You should have recorded it with them." Yeah, I says, "Yeah, well, you know, that's how it is." No, I just come to pay homage and respect to a song that was super hits. And if you don't come to do that, then don't come. You know what I mean. You, and it doesn't matter if, you know, go ahead. I'm sorry. It's okay. You've, you've ridden this amazing wave in rock and roll where it seems like there are eras where the saxophone comes into rock and roll and then something else comes into rock and roll and then the sax comes back. And it, I'm kind of waiting to see how the sax in this next generation of, of rock bands, how it comes back different again. It has to be a very, let's say, unique song that would that would allow the saxophone, especially the tenor, to do what it's supposed to. It's another voice in the, the scale of music. So it, does, so it doesn't sound like, it was, like I said, guitar players, they've got pedals, they've got amps, same thing with bass players. Drummers have several drums and stuff that they get a lot of different songs. So in order for me to to make that tonal difference, it's coming out of me, out of my mouth. And I thank God that I've had the opportunity to do that and come 
and, and be what you hoped it to be, and hopefully more than that. It would be kind of interesting to run your mic through a wah-wah pedal to like, could we hook up your sax to a guitar rig and see oh, what it, you have? Oh, yes. I've done that. I do it with a chorus. You know, the old, there's, I can't think of the name of it. It was uh, the first wah-wah kind of, uh, not, uh, it was Echoplex. That's going back years and years and years ago. And I would put it on so I could go like, and you'll get it. And then what I did was I would play between those notes as I'm going, and it makes a collage of sound that like fits and then putting a chorus thing on it so I could either have it so it's like the guitar players do and it comes out like hard at you or I could do that and then put the chorus pedal on and it'll be like a bomb breath. You know, so you get these multi-sound thing going on. When you're playing music, can you see it in your head? Like I'm fascinated by like, is it is it a mathematical thing? Is it colors? Like, what is it that's kind of going through your brain when you're playing your sax? For me, I see colors. Really? And and I never, I shouldn't say never, but I don't think of uh, the numerical thing. Because if I do, then I'm wasting my time trying to do what it is I'm supposed to do. You know, even if it's pre-organized uh, uh, or whatever the case may be. I see colors, and the different colors tells me the intensity of a note or lack of intensity. You know, so if I'm supposed to go like, and I see a bright yellow, it's bam, or a red, wham, or a blue and a green, and it and it smooths and it goes and it does that. So when I see these colors, and it it just meshes perfectly with when I'm playing because I don't think about it anymore. I thought it was weird when I first. It's that experience in that. And I just said, no, by the grace of God, let it be what it is. It I, I heard it's called good. synesthesia. That uh, it, you sure it's not? You sure it's not anesthesia? <laughs> <laughs> I got to ask you this question because I ask all songwriters that I have on the show this question because um, I'm so envious of the craft because once again, I, I can't do it. But... Can you give me an example of a song? And it doesn't matter the genre, the era, you know, whatever the instrument is, that doesn't matter. But can you give me an example of a song that you think is perfectly crafted from a songwriter's perspective and explain why? Like, give me an example of a perfectly written song. I would say Tender Years that we wrote, that John Cafferty wrote. And it's a big ballad, uh, so much so that uh, I played it a lot with the Ernie the Automatics because it, it, what it did was, it's called Tender Years. And by virtue of the way it got the beginning, it gets your attention right away with the intro, boom, boom. And then the horn comes in, wow. And it hits you right there in the heart. So it opens you up to what else is coming and the way it unfolded. When I came in the band, that song was already there. Uh, but it wasn't there the way I play it now. And John just said, you know, tune, make it yours. And I did. 
and I do I do my best. It's one of not my favorite song to play out of all the songs that we have, and it 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 embodies a lot of emotion. It allows people to remember their tender years and the tender years that they have uh, uh, governorship over. You know, like kids and grandkids or nephews and nieces and stuff. And it's a song about love, young love that found its way and it survives today. And that's, you know, one of the first, you know, for me. And uh, one early on that I, I still play it, but I don't play it Beaver Brown because we don't do it. There's a rock and roll version of Harlem Nocturne. It was a, a big saxophone song. And it was the first song I learned to read that was um, commercial or like a pop song or whatever you call it today. And But this was back in like, God, 1954, 55. And my teacher told me, he says, if you learn to play this song, learn to read it and then play it. Because you can read it, but not play it. And so I never got what he meant until after I really got into it where Reading it is one thing. It's like and playing it with and you put those little movements in it. You know how you make a note, uh, tie a note or slur a note or attack a note or just come up on it. And he said, now that's playing. And so I took that to heart and uh, I just do that even with the hard rock and roll songs. You know, like running through the fire. From the second movie, Eddie and the Cruises. Yep. The the solo comes in. And I come with that intent, running through the fire. Because you think about somebody running through the. Oh, I'm right by Otis Airbase. Can you hear that? I can. Oh, hold on. I'll be up in a minute. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, God. Well. Uh, well, if nobody's, if there's somebody that hasn't had a chance to see you play live, you guys are going to be um, at Kowloon coming up on September 24th as part of the Rockin' for Vet series that they've had, which is just amazing right. that you guys are playing shows, um, you know, raising money for uh, amazing organizations. And they've been doing a lot of those shows at Kowloon, which I think is great. Yeah, we did one with them uh, for Jim uh, Terabasi uh, last year, too. I've been doing a lot of them with Jim for the last, I don't know, four or five years or so, six years, something like that. And I'm a vet also. I had served in the U.S. Air Force. You were? I didn't know that about you. I was an air policeman. That's where I got that phrase. You know, uh, we had a thing was, you mess up, we come and we kick your ass. (laughs) And then we... And then we give you the look, and then we go like, we just move our head forward and look at you with a look, because the next move is, you're out. (laughs) Well, whatever your secret to life is, that fountain of youth, whatever it is that you've stumbled upon, I want some of that, because you have left such an impression on the world of rock and roll, and the fact that you are still playing and not just playing, playing at a high level, and that you still oh, love you. doing it, you know, is is an inspiration, I think, to everyone to find what you love 
and you'll never work a day in your life. Isn't that what they say? I always tell them, if you're looking at this as a hobby, get a day job. Because a lot of times, you know, as musicians, so what else do you do? I said, play music. Yeah? Oh, no, no, I meant, uh, what else? I said, no, I play music. This is what I do. This is who I am. And uh, they they respect that. And uh, then you you go and you perform and do what it is you say you do and you give it your best all the time. So, you know, I take a moment to thank all those people that helped me with my, see, I had a whole upper denture put in and I was out for 26 months, which was one of the most painful times in my life in reference to not be able to play. Had I been a guitar player, a drummer or something like that, I could have played, but I couldn't. And I had to, uh, readjust my armature. They, there was a couple of flaws that had happened and that was prolonged it. And um, thank all the people who helped with the GoFundMe thing. And uh, it's because it's, uh, I'm back with a, not with a vengeance, but with an even more purposeful feeling in my heart about what it is I do. So. Well, Tunes, <clears throat> you're a, you're an amazing guy and an inspiration that, uh, you know, there's there's no excuses. Get off the couch and go, get after it. Yeah, I, I have one other poem from my book. And, you know, the, the book is uh, uh, the book of tunesbookofpoems.com. All small letters, no spaces. Tunes, T-U-N-E-S, bookofpoems.com. And... Um, I just think there's a lot of nice things there, spiritual, inspirational, motivational, funny, uh, maybe a couple of stupid ones and stuff, you know. <laughs> yeah, I, I had one in there. Uh, I, I want to read this one. It's, it's another one for, uh, it's patriotic. It's to our servicemen, and it's called Combat Man. I'm a combat kind of guy. Pledge allegiance to our flag. Obeying all my orders that came down from command. They took me to where I had to be, put a gun in my hand. As you can clearly see, because I'm a combat man, pledge allegiance to our flag. Combat man, that's who I am. Spin the compass, and I could be anywhere. They don't have time to spare. I go where they need me. If you don't care, I care. It's almost five years now, and it ain't, and it ain't done. It won't be over until it's won. I can't say that it's been easy, but there's more to come. Just line up behind me. And maybe you'll become that combat man with a plan. Combat man, yeah, it came down from command. No one said that this was going to be fun. We're in it until we get it done. Combat man. Tunes, you're amazing. You're an amazing guy. I am so grateful that you took the time to hang out with me today. Well, I appreciate it. And uh, good luck with your show. And, you know, all you people out there, just remember the vets who are out there who have served. Whenever they have served in the Army, uh, when I say Army, Air Force, uh, Navy, uh, throughout since this country has been born, you know, they're still out there, still doing what they're doing. They put their hand up, they take that allegiance to the flag, and, and they have not stepped back. They stepped up. Oh, well, don't I forget the Marines, you, too. We got we to gotta make sure we shout oh, out the Marines, too. <laughs> oh, when I said Navy, I meant to say Marines, too. I'm sorry, because they... <laughs> That's how. That's who gets them around. That's right. They always thank them <laughs> for <know>? the ride. <clears throat> yeah, and um, like I like I said, my one granddaughter served in the Navy for almost twelve years, 
and we're we're all proud of us stepping up and doing that. Yeah, that's you know? amazing. And, and and I tell all the people, the, the everyday citizens who have not served, the wives and the mothers who are here are just as much in the service as the, their husbands or their daughters who are currently serving or who have served. Because without them at home, who are you fighting for? Who are you defending? You know, and that flag flies for all of us, not any one special person, for all of us. From, from the highest office in this land to everyday citizens who walk this land. Well, you're absolutely so, right. And as, like I said, as the proud wife of an active duty Marine, uh, it means the world to me that, you know, you're another example of of a family that has generations of service just like mine does so i'm i'm very grateful and thank you for your service as well well thank you god bless you and god bless your husband for serving as he is well hopefully i'm gonna see you at kowloon next month god i hope so me too (laughs) we're gonna be there (laughs) so i'm saying all of you come out and uh aid those who who have fallen and have trouble getting up. Yeah, for sure. You know, put a hand out. It's not a hand out, it's a hand up. Exactly. Okay. Thank you so much, Toons. I really appreciate your time today. Oh, you're welcome. God bless. And uh, I'll see you soon. You will. I'll talk to you soon. All righty. There he is, the one and only Michael Antunes, otherwise known as Tunes, from John Cafferty and the Beaver Brown Band. If you want more details on that charity show, September 24th at Kowloon, check the links in the show notes of this episode. While you're there, you'll also find the link to his book of poetry and the link to the corresponding playlist. Every full-length episode of the Mistress Carrie podcast gets a corresponding playlist that's filled with the music from my guest, and all of the other music that we talked about in the episode. This playlist is also filled with some of the greatest rock songs featuring the saxophone that have ever been released. You'll also find all of John Cafferty and the Beaver Brown Band social media links and all of the Mistress Carrie links as well. If you liked what you heard, don't forget to like and subscribe to the Mistress Carrie podcast. New full-length episodes come out every Wednesday, plus you get the sit rep. The Situation Report is all of your rock news, music headlines, and industry info, and you get it all every weekday in less than five minutes. You can also catch me live every Tuesday night at 8.30 Eastern on my official Facebook page for my video show, Cocktails in the War Room. Get all the details on that and more at MistressCarrie.com. The Mistress Carrie Podcast, a proud member of the Pantheon Podcast Network. If you're looking to move out of your parents' place, you could really cut expenses by bundling your car and renter's insurance with Progressive, which is good because your little brother has gotten really territorial. You're blood-related. You'd think it would be fine to share food in the fridge. I mean, who writes their name on every individually wrapped slice of cheese, Tyler? Still, you've got to admire the commitment. So bundle your renter's and car insurance with Progressive and use the savings to help you move out and have all the cheese you want. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company coverage provided in service by affiliates and third-party insurers. Have you ever lifted a piece of furniture and found the carpet underneath looks brand new while the rest of it looks, well, not brand new? That's when you realize you need new carpeting. At The Home Depot, we have a wide selection of all the top brands. Best of all, we'll install it for you. And even better than best of all, we install it free. 
So all you need to do is choose from our hundreds of styles and colors. Start your installation today at The Home Depot. How doers get more done. Minimum purchase of $4.99. Exclusions apply. U.S. only. See store for details. It's NFL draft season, and that means it's time to start thinking about fantasy football. FantasyPoints.com features industry-leading experts and prognosticators using proprietary hand-charted data to help you score more fantasy points. FantasyPoints.com is the place to go for whatever kind of fantasy football you play. Whether you play fantasy football, daily fantasy sports, or do a little bit of everything, Fantasy Points has the meticulously researched content to guide you to victory. And why wait for the fall? Fantasy Points also covers the new spring football league, the UFL. Join the guru, John Hansen, Scott Barrett, Joe Dolan, and other massive names in the fantasy football universe with an exclusive offer. Use code Pantheon for 15% off any Fantasy Points package, including the all-in package, with access to every article, tool, and data nugget that Fantasy Points has to offer. That's FantasyPoints.com and code Pantheon for 15% off at Fantasy Points. FantasyPoints.com, code Pantheon. Score more Fantasy Points. 